0: in marriage uh, there are unfortunately things that don't work out and so many families right now are uh, blended. There are two families that have come together and there are a lot of dynamics to talk about. So uh, here we are talking about it today. I'm John Fuller along with Greg and Aaron Smalley who lead the marriage department here at Focus and Greg we embrace um, all that God designed marriage to be uh, but there's also room for grace uh, when it doesn't quite work out. Uh, what do you what do you say to that?
1: Well, I, I love the word. So let, let's just think about some of the words that God uses throughout the scriptures. Grace, forgiveness, restoration, redemption. I mean, these are the main themes. This is what God is constantly trying to teach us throughout the, the New Testament, that I sent my son who really mattered to me so that you would have forgiveness, so that there's restoration. And God does not qualify and say, but, but that doesn't apply for your blended family. That, yeah. That's only for the rest of us. And I think that's a part of how Satan works is that he wants blended families to believe that those truths don't apply to them. God promises blessings, treasures. When we go through hard times and go through those trials, James 1 Two through four, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces, and then it goes through all these treasures that are true for all of us. And a part of keeping a blended family strong is recognizing, receiving, really resting upon those truths that, that what, what God has said for all of us. Mm,
0: that's really good. And I appreciate so much your heart and uh, that big-picture view of what God wants to do. Let's go ahead and continue with this theme as we hear now uh, Focus President Jim Daly talking to Ron Deal. Uh, his ministry is all about step families.
2: Ron, let me, let me have you address this question because it's out there. You know, in the Christian community, we believe in the permanence of marriage. In fact, too. it's one of the pillars here at Focus, and yes. we say it very boldly. So some people in the Christian community can be critical— that if you're addressing this issue of uh, remarriage in a new blended family, uh, and I I don't want to be smug with this, but some you know, they write us here at Focus after we're doing a broadcast together. People will mm-hmm. write or text us and say, you know, you really shouldn't cover that because we're about first marriages and mm-hmm. keeping those marriages together. But it's kind of to me, it's the analogy of the Lord dealing with the woman caught in adultery. Not the same kind of sin, but. What he said there is, go and sin no more. Yeah, and I I hear that in what you're explaining there. Our goal once a family is fractured is how do we put it back together in God's design for the future of that family, um, and it may mean the two people remarry different people, right?
3: I'm the biggest advocate in the world for first marriages lasting. Yeah, because I spend an awful lot of time with people trying to pick up the pieces and find the next level of love and care for their family and for their kids and it's harder it can be done and again like i said God's grace is so incredible. Some people's second chance is far better than uh, anything they've experienced thus far in their lifetime, going back to their childhood. And in other words, God continues to work in relationships in spite of who we are. All you got to do is read the Old Testament. You'll find out really nobody, all those heroes of the faith, nobody got it right when it came to their family, right? And all those dynamics are true still today. So we want to be truthful about God's intent, and we want to go heavy on mercy for those who are in need of repair or redemption. And let's not forget that a lot of people find themselves in blended families because of no sin of their own. Maybe somebody else's sin sometimes, and sometimes it's due to a death of a spouse. that wouldn't sin at all. And yet we just sort of leave them hanging out there with no guidance and help and support for their family you know, post being widowed. So we want to cover all of that mm. with a message of, yes, truth,
2: marriage needs to last. Yeah, and It I, I, tells the right story about God. I appreciate that. I just, you know, those are the comments that are made kind of under everybody's breath. But it's good to hit it. Yes. Just get it out there. Yeah. we're trying to help people do the best they can do in the moment they're in. And that's where it's at be honest, if we didn't have a 35, 40% divorce rate in the church, we wouldn't have to deal with it. So that's a great place to start, which is a lot of the effort that Focus puts forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving on, uh, you have a story about one step couple that you call Aaron and Morgan Mm -hmm. in the book. And Mm -hmm. they had kind of those different expectations of what it would be. What was their story?
3: Well, you know, one of the things that we talk about in this book, Preparing to Blend, is anticipating the changes that are going to come and managing your expectations about how life is gonna go after the wedding. Again, if you're thinking, I fell in love with a person, that's really all there is, and because you and I are in love, the kids are gonna love that we love each other. Well, sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't, or sometimes they're a little confused by it. It, it, Often children experience both um, things. They experience happiness, that mom's getting married, and they like the stepdad, and there's something about him that they're really drawn to. And at the same time, they feel a little weird about drawing into him when their biological dad is on, in, somewhere else, and they don't get to spend as much time with him as they would like to, but yet I'm spending more time with my stepdad. and It's just sort of a confusing place for kids to be. And so this couple in particular started thinking about that expe- – well, the expectation below the surface, I should say, was that I'm not going to have to change my relationship with my kids once I marry you. And I'm really quick to tell people, look, leave and cleave applies to blended marriages as well. That you're not just leaving father and mother, there has to be a shift in your allegiance such that you're leaving, now, that's a really hard word for people to swallow, leaving your children. And I don't mean neglecting. I don't mean you're not abandoning in any sense of that word, just like we don't neglect or leave our parents. It's that emotional process of transitioning allegiance to that primary relationship of husband and wife so that we can lead this family and care for our children in the in the process over time. But they didn't anticipate that having to shift. And so all of a sudden, stepdad in this case comes in. And Aaron's like, okay, hey, look, I need a little time at the end of the day. And Morgan's like, no, I'm spending that with my kids. That's what they're used to. I always spend time with them. Um, Wow. You know, it's sort of like that's the reality moment of, okay, so where is legions? And how do we make these subtle little shifts? Because children are going to be disappointed and a new spouse is going to be disappointed. And that biological parent feels stuck between the two of them and they're caught. Like those are the moments of complexity where we try to help people navigate that space and see there's a both and here. Mm -hmm. We're going to move toward your children, even as you're moving toward your spouse. Sometimes children have to hear the word, I'm sorry, not now, because I'm going to spend a little time with my new husband. Children have to hear uh, at the same time, they need to know they're important and they haven't lost their biological parent in this process. So it is a delicate balancing act Mm -hmm. that when both parent and step-parent when they see the need for that and can work toward that together, then we don't have somebody winning and somebody losing. I mean, that's what we're trying to avoid is that natural competition of relationships mm-hmm. in a blended family. When we're, everybody's winning, that goes a long way towards preserving the heart and mind of a couple and a, ch- and a child, and at the same time, moving that whole family system forward towards becoming a family.
0: I so appreciate uh, the lessons that we can all learn from that story that uh, Ron shared. He's so good. He he delivers such truth and such tenderness. There are Aaron and Morgan, and there's kind of an, a relational reprioritization going on, and I can understand why Aaron would maybe feel like, uh, I'm out here. What what mm. would your advice be to that couple?
4: It's important that we start with understanding what's happening under the waterline. What is the spouse's heart that is spending, wanting to spend time with kids? You know, it's just recognizing that there's a shift. There's a dynamic that's happening here that, you know, that spouse is learning how to prioritize the marriage over the kids and they're coming maybe from a situation where it's only been them and the kids. So it's, there's a shift happening, but it's remembering that ultimately we want to prioritize this marriage. That's the best thing for those kids. We've all heard it. What's the healthiest thing is for that marriage to be strong. Mm-hmm. So talk, you know, that spouse needs to sit and talk and understand what's happening. And, and Why he, is this dynamic there? And it's
1: usually fear, right? Mm. There often is fear that if my child now is not feeling like that priority, then it's going to create difficulty within our step family. We're going to have a hard time blending together. I mean, most of the time when you talk about what's under the waterline, if we're not sure, if we just start with fear, I mean, I could say to Aaron in any given situation, So I can see something's going on. You're reacting or something's not happening. Tell me, is is there a fear there? Are you worried about something? Just
0: as a way to begin that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going to go is how does Aaron, in this case, Uh open up that conversation?
4: I would say it's important to say this is what I'm noticing. Mm. And so I'm just curious for you, you know, what's happening? Is there a fear? Because as you said that, I, I think... You know, it would be very understandable that a parent would fear, like, is my child going to feel abandoned or not a priority anymore? And how's that going to impact them? So it's important to, you know, really go after that conversation with curiosity, with tenderness because there is an attachment between um, that parent and that child. Mm-hmm. So that attachment is building between the couple. And it's going to take some time.
1: Because I think about when when we brought home our fourth child that we adopted, her from China. in in many ways, those those blended family dynamics were true for us. We had to deal with bringing in a child that, you know, re. Organized our, our birth order with our kids, and and I remember for me the fear was that our uh, our biological kids were were going to feel totally neglected as we're giving Annie our youngest, you know, all this time and attention. And so in my mind, I'm worried about that. There's fear there. How's this going to impact them? So I'm giving now all this attention not only to Annie but to our other kids. And that was a conversation that Aaron and I had to have was going, Hey, you know what? We're great parents right now. We're giving like 98% of all of our time <laughs> and effort and energy towards our kids. Right. But what about us? We didn't, I don't remember us actually having that like We didn't say it that way, but that would have been such a great question mm-hmm. to just go, hey, we're, we're not spending a lot of time together, which may be okay for this season, but why? What's really going on? What's below that waterline? And I would have been able to start to verbalize, actually, you know what? I'm I'm afraid that our biological kids are going to, you know, whatever. Right. And, right. and I wish now, looking back, that we would have had that kind of a conversation. It, that would
4: have been helpful because even as you're talking, your fear was the biological kids. My fear was we've got to get this child to attach right, to us right. and so my focus and my fear was over here and your yeah. focus and fear was over there yeah. and you know it's it would have been so helpful yeah. if we would have talked about that 13 years ago yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad we had this episode so you could start talking about
4: it. <laughs> and, uh, we should yeah. pay John
0: money be $20 for his yes, And yes. uh, we'll see you next week. So, well, I appreciate you all for being transparent. And we've all gone through this kind of thing in some way, shape, or form in our marriage. We just want to recognize it's a lot harder for blended families. And uh, Ron, in the conversation with Jim, mentioned his book. We've got copies of it, uh, Preparing to Blend. It's a terrific resource. It has so much great content. And it can be yours for a gift of any amount. So uh, look for ways to donate and get a copy of this very practical resource in the show notes. And our entire two-part conversation with Ron covers everything you heard today and a whole lot more. And we're linking over to a free download of it in the show notes. Uh, It's called, Are You Ready to Remarry? Well, next time, more from Ron Deal as he talks about the ceremony that brings two people together and creates the blended family. Uh, It's really important. I know you'll benefit from it. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is your marriage holding
1: on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan,